Oh, and a quick update. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Ellis took a step, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think so. Like seeing how this this dude is just cruising and balancing and just yeah. like there's no way that he took a step two weeks ago. Yeah. Sorry, grandma. I, I, Sorry, grandma. <laughs> that's what um that's what Tess said when I asked her about it. <laughs> everybody welcome to the pop culture podcast my name is anton i'm father to Ginny, who is three and a half going on 18 and ellis who will be 11 months uh, next week and uh, right now my phone's hard drive is quickly filling up with games that uh, Ginny is forcing me to download um, so she actually has her own folder now with about four pages of just apps just games, mobile games. But you know what? I'd rather have it like that than having her rack up tons of charges for in-app purchases. So download all those free games, Ginny. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm John. I'm the fa- I'm father to Malcolm, who is one year old. And whenever I'm on Amazon shopping for non-essentials, I usually look for some inexpensive toy to balance out the spending ratio. Wait, so like non-essentials, like um, like what? Like random technology gadgets. Aha, uh-huh. okay. I, I got you. I got you. Fancy socks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Total. Uh, well, you can always get fancy socks from Malcolm, too. This is true. And he's learning how to uh, associate socks with his feet. Actually, he's learned it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I legit almost teared up when I first saw Ginny do that. Really? Kind of, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, just getting her change, and then she had she ended up picking up a sock. Mm-hmm. And she obviously knew where it was supposed to go. But, you know, she couldn't do it, but she was trying to. And I was just like, oh, dude, she's learning. Right. So when I saw that post, I I feel you. I, that totally hit home. So uh, John and I, we've known each other for over 20 years now. And basically, we spend our time on this podcast talking about all of the pop culture and entertainment that that we just love. The stuff that we still do love after all these years. And, you know, some things that we're just kind of not into anymore, uh, especially now that kind of we look through or look at this world and everything that we consume through new fatherly perspectives and stuff. But, you know, to keep it real, we're just kind of just getting older and just don't give zero Fs about stuff and just want you to get off our lawns, you know? Yeah, it's probably the latter because I feel it in my knees. <laughs> I have to admit that Ellis fell a couple fell off the bed and then the, and and then the couch on my watch within the last hmm. uh, since the last time. So he 
Um, you know, we were talking offline before we started recording about how sometimes he's uncomfortable and can't find a, a position to sleep in at night. So what ends up happening is that he rolls around everywhere. And so I totally thought he was fine. He was in the middle of the bed and we uh-huh. were, uh, I should have just transferred him to the crib, but in the middle of the bed. And then I think Tess was getting ready for, you know, brushing her teeth or whatever. Uh-huh. And then I just went out to the kitchen real quick um, because I needed to put some, uh, like food away or whatever. Um, next thing I know there's crying <laughs> and then I walk, I walk to the room and then he's like face down on the, <laughs> on, on the, and we've got like wood floors and the bed's not that high. So yeah. he seemed fine. And then earlier this week, actually when it was hella hot, mm-hmm. um, we were sleeping outside on the, on our new couch. Shout out to room and board. Uh, we have a chase now. Mm-hmm. So we were, mm-hmm. were sleeping on there and then he was in between like the, um, the armrest of the chase, but it doesn't go all the way down or all mm-hmm. the way to the end of the, the chase. Right. So it only goes through about halfway. Um, and then he was in between the armrest and me uh, when we were sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I guess he, he squirmed kind of down the chase where it was uh, there was no more armrest. Uh-huh. And he mm-hmm. fell again. And I was like, oh, man, that's, that's two on me. <laughs> you know, when we... When I think when he was either recently born or he was close to being born, a lot of people, or you know what? No, it was when he was already born. People asked, Hey, has he fallen off the bed yet? It wasn't just one person, it was like numerous people. I think kung was telling me that people are telling her about that i don't know it was just a few it was it was more than just you know one or two people wait so they were asking if malcolm would already fall off the bed when he's just born yeah or just maybe they were just warning like hey you know what actually you know i remember one person warned me like hey you know what if he ever falls falls off the bed it happens to a lot of people man <laughs> yeah don't feel so bad yeah so yeah that happened that happened twice since since last time um but he's, he's okay. fine he's fine dude he's fine. Just champ um okay so i guess quick updates um this episode uh won't really have like a main topic um, but we've got like a lot of little fun stuff to, to kind of talk about and, and ruminate on. Um, but, uh, just real quick, some updates. Um, I have to say that I was fairly pleased with the, uh, Game of Thrones finale. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite sure if it erased all like the, the bad taste that, uh, that I had kind of leading up to it but you know i'd i would say that uh, it was a pretty solid solid finale not the best finale that uh season finale that they've done obviously yeah. but yeah looking forward to 2019 man 
Uh, I wonder what episode we'll be at when that that comes out. So, what about you? Did cool. you you caught you watched it right? I'm I sure. did. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a good episode. I still had some moments where I was kind of laughing at some conveniences, right? Or maybe some logic things. But I think it definitely had. I think it was definitely a fun episode. Yeah, it was pretty crazy seeing all those actors in the same place, all those characters in the same yeah. place. Yeah. Um, some of the behind the scenes stuff where they were talking about how how much fun like the actors had because they were all there, yeah. um, staying in the same hotel or whatever. And I was like, man, that must be weird. Yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because they're, they're they're sprawled all across Europe in all their different oh yeah absolutely. locations. Yeah, you know, um, that must have been fun, though. That's just like, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess if unless you're like uh, Braun and Cersei, did you hear about that? Have you heard anything no. about that? So you no. know, on that during that scene, um, Braun was. Braun tells Pod like, "All right, let's go get a drink and let's peace out while they have their big meeting." Uh-huh. So, the rumor is that um, Cersei or the actress who plays Cersei, Lena Headey, and uh, um, Jerome Flynn, who plays Braun, used to date like years ago, uh-huh. and there's like hella bad blood. Oh, shoot! So they're like they expect or either he or she or they explicitly don't want to be on set together huh. in mm-hmm. any way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they, they wrote that, that scene so that that's, he wasn't present. That's funny. It's like, damn man, that's kind of petty. Yeah. That's some, that's some deep, that's some real deep, uh, Speaking Pain. of speaking of bad blood, yep. What's up with Lawrence and Issa though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw some. Um, I saw some of the insecure Twitter before I got to watch the episode, so I was trying not to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So, but I knew something went down based off people's reactions towards Lawrence. Yeah. I was full last 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 episode was like, yo, fully on board, Team Lawrence. Mm-hmm. After this episode, bad form, man. <laughs> bad form. Yeah, I was like, did he? Is this was this his full on heel turn? Uh, maybe. Because I mean, come on, bro. Like, you get invited to. Uh, this party it's yeah. not like Derek he and Derek were like super close yeah. but you gotta read the invitation enough <laughs> or at least ask somebody yeah you know so that was yeah I still like the dude though I still like the he's I still like him but yeah yeah yeah, that was fun. That that whole thing was 
I, I can understand, like, you know, if you aren't, if you don't pay attention to Evites, because I'm one of those people that doesn't really pay attention to the actual details of something. This guy, too. This guy, too. Yeah. I hear you. Um, I could see it being like, yeah, I thought it was going to be some kind of lounge thing where people are going to be able to hang out in different parts of the bar. So you don't really have to do a lot of like intimate interactions with. I'm sure your mutual what, friends. Yes, but I'm sure it would have said dinner, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, he already did say he already did tell Aparna like, yeah. "Hey, seven o'clock." You know, that's dinner time, man. Yeah. So. Well, that was a bad idea to bring her anyway. Period. Even if it was a lounge thing. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's all like, bad. On two things, on two fronts, where it's like you don't bring her because of your ex and your ex's friends, right? And his base, he's he's there because of yeah. his ex's friends, right? Like, right. That's the only but, that's the only way that he's even in that group, right? Yeah, right. And then the other reasons is that you just don't bring someone that. Well, that's your first date, right? Well, maybe second, d- depending on who you ask, right? On um, th- those two, yeah. So, well, even if it's a second date, you wouldn't bring a second date. Nah, man. Or you wouldn't bring a person you're dating only for short, a short amount of time, even if, regardless if it was two dates. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounded like Aparna was down to go because she yeah. seems like she's pretty down or pretty chill or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know. Why even put yourself in that position? Why put right. her in that position? Why put, you know, and well, yeah, and especially if you're Lawrence, you know how judgmental like those other characters can be yeah. too. So well, and then it's also you're setting it up for like, isn't that kind of one of those? Uh, this is kind of a serious thing if you're bringing someone that you date to your friends. Yes, absolutely. Special invite only party. Yeah, that's uh, you got to look at the optics of of that that yeah. situation, right? Of this act, yeah. this this thing that you're doing, you got to look at the optics. But um, there's like lots of messages to get crossed up for a lot of different people. Word, word. Um, that scene right outside, though. Yeah. Um, that was that was real. That yeah. was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So season yeah. finale is next week. I'm excited. It is. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I picked up that show. Just over the past few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about it earlier, and we. I don't think I mean, we're at a point where we can talk about it. But you know, you're talking about comparing. Not to just compare or like contrast, but just to kind of see the different ways that dating and that social life is being captured by. Shows like Insecure, Girls, and Master of None. Mm-hmm. It's all interesting to me because, you know, they represent a younger generation using tools that we don't necessarily relate to based off of where we are in our relationships. You know what I mean? Right. Like we're not. MySpace and Friendster was around and Facebook was around before I started dating Hung, but. 
And so there's a little bit of that, yeah, oh, the blocking and this and that, but the like Insecure and Master of None in particular. I, I can't talk about girls because I've never watched an episode, but uh, there's such a heavy influence of technology. Yes, yes. In and relationships, which is really, really interesting. Particularly the texting, too. Just yeah. how they... Um, how they kind of show that on the screen, uh-huh. right? Like, um, there's actually an interesting video from this YouTube, this YouTube creator who does, uh, film, basically film essays. Uh, the name of the channel is, um, every frame a painting mm-hmm. and he's an editor uh, a video editor and then um he's posted some really really cool uh essays about film and one of the topics he used was how text messages and and really like the the mobile device um is being used in films and how that's changed mm-hmm. um and basically the language how it's basically uh, developing its own language for how, for how like that tech is used and how it's seen on screen. Right. Um, you know, like, so we'll probably link to that. Um, yeah. But it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I, you know, going back to Master of None, I actually did finish that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, maybe at some point, I think we said this last time, but well, I, I want to dig a little bit deeper to do some comparing and contrasting. Maybe that, maybe that's something we could do like on the off season when Insecure is not on, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, no, the texting you mentioned about it, it, it does, I, you notice it in you notice it in TV or media that actually uses it really well. Yes. Because it kind of is the, it's kind of the, the, well, not even kind of, it's full on the subtext, you know, pun not intended, uh, of characters where, you know, in the past they would have to just try to capture that by a, and facial expression and right and music and whatever but now it's like because it relates to us more that you could see the text versus the actual feeling which i don't think it's a cheat because it's we we all know we all know where that's coming from well and you sometimes you see them both right, right. like particularly when you see the dot 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 if you're on the receiving end, you see the dot, 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 and it's taking a long time. Yeah. And then, uh, conversely, if you're sending, you're, you're seeing the, the typing and then the deleting and then the retyping. And then you can also, uh, see how that character responds is, yeah, is responding or trying to kind of solve this problem with figuring out what to say next, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's it for, I guess, updates, right? From 
any any through lines from the previous episode. Yeah. Um. Oh, I have one. Oh yeah. Okay, go for it. It has nothing to do with the TV. It ha- it had to do with the dad moments and and when you were asking about Malcolm turning one, if there's anything I was proud of in particular, and I couldn't think of anything other than what I mentioned. Oh yeah. I actually do have one really solid one that's sort of silly and petty, but I was super proud of it when I did it. Um, so we're, we're, we give them baths in the, the bathtub mm-hmm. and we have this thing called the baby dam that Hung bought that um, essentially like helps cut off the rest of the tub so that the water concentrates to, you know, one half or two thirds of the, the bathtub. Mm-hmm. So I picked them up after, or I picked them up daycare one day, and I think she was at some meeting or something like that. And so he was super dirty, and I wanted to uh, bathe him. Yeah. So I basically got the mat on the bathtub down and got this baby dam set up, and it was the first time I ever used it. And on the first try, I let the water run and none of the water uh, seep through. Nice. Or maybe I maybe I had to adjust it once, but this is the first time I used it. And I did all of this while I was holding Malcolm in my one arm. <laughs> so I was basically setting up the the baby dam and the other the rest of the bath with my one hand. Oh, that's pretty legit, dude. <laughs> one 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 handed. One, yeah. one-handed uh doing stuff is yeah i mean you know running the bath isn't the big deal is for me it was like the actually setting in that dam because one i never d- had done it before and two it's not like the hardest thing to do but it's it's uh when you, you only have, have to... yeah when you only have one hand it gets yeah. you know yep it gets hard so i watched you know got them cleaned and all that stuff and i'm like man i did that <laughs> With one arm. And then I, was, then I kind of took a step back and I'm like, man, like moms do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like it was my own participation trophy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, well, I took it, I took it as a, a, hey, my... man, take take the W yep. whenever you can, dude. <laughs> oh, so you know, I guess piggybacking off of the, you know, Malcolm turning one. Um, let's talk about uh, this big get together we had for his birthday uh, yeah. last uh, last Sunday. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the party was that was a good time. It was. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's been a while since this group of friends got together and it it was that it was as complete as this was yeah um yeah and it was like during one of the hottest weekends of the year mm-hmm. maybe the last couple of years yep um thankfully it had cooled down by that day but the two days before that were a nightmare mm-hmm. um but yeah it was uh it was really cool like the all the kids were playing together and it was kind of nice to just let them go because you yeah. know that there are probably other adults who who would have eyes on them even if you took your eyes off for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, it was really great to see all the kids playing together, having a good time. Yeah. yeah. They're, well, Malcolm's one of the youngest. Oh, no, no. Well, Ellis is the, Ellis is the youngest. Right? Um, Is Ellis the youngest? Yeah. Yeah. Ellis is the youngest. So Malcolm and Ellis are two of the three youngest right now. Right. And so um, Malcolm's crawling a little bit more, so he was able to engage a little bit more. But yeah, it's your, it's it's cool seeing all these kids that we've seen at different stages and then having them interact like with our own kids. Mm-hmm. Especially with you guys, with when when you were living in LA, when whenever Jenny would come up for the, whenever you guys would come up and Jenny was there at the get-togethers, I'm sure it was a little hard for her because she didn't recognize so many people, right? Yeah, she wasn't really at an age where she, well, for one, she didn't recognize anyone and she didn't know anyone either. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, you know, and she was always. We didn't hang out with a whole bunch of kids when we were down there either um so we weren't really even sure if she knew how to play with any other kids right she'd mm-hmm. play by herself just around other kids yeah um but yeah now that we've been back for a couple of years now and you know she recognizes them and um they just seem to uh they just seem to have a good time. And, yeah. you know, for in Ginny's case, um, like her BFF is, is Karina because mm-hmm. they're the, the two that's closest in age. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really cool. Every time that uh, Karina and Ginny are around, they're like uh, joined at the hip. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, it's really cool to see. And it's yeah. probably, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you know, you probably say to yourself at some point in your life, like, oh, man, you know, when you're with your homies, you're like, it'd be really tight if our, you know, kids grew up together just the way mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm growing up. I've grown up with a couple of these other folks, right? Yeah. Then we get to see it. Yeah, man. It was, it was dope. Oh, but going back to the party real quick. Remember that uh, w- when the kids all took a picture together at the stairway? Mm-hmm. They were hella kids. They were hella kids, yeah. Hella kids. And it made me wonder, like, holy shit, do the kids outnumber the adults now? I remember talking with... I was, I was next to Margie, and I was like, hey, do the kids outnumber you know, like the adults yet? I mean, there's only, a, I guess, a couple of... There's only a few couples that have three more than two kids. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, I don't think yet that yeah. outnumbers yet. But I mean, there might be events where they will. Yeah. Um, but because we have only a few couples who, or individuals and or couples that don't have kids. Yeah. And that doesn't. There's not enough of a. Uh, there's not enough of them to, or there's not enough of the kids or the families with three kids or more to counteract that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's getting close. 
and the families with the three kids, man, like they can't go to all of the events. Mm-mm. They gotta pick. They gotta pick and choose because, man, two kids is tough. But just lugging along three kids, yo. Shouts, yeah. shouts to Art and Melinda, mm-hmm. and uh, Lisa and Ken. Yeah. They were there first, by the way, and they also had to come probably the furthest. <laughs> yeah. San Jose? Yep. Yeah. That's probably the furthest. Yeah, because they're pretty close to the border of South San Jose. Um, yeah, man. it it's We only have one, and he's relatively chill, and he doesn't walk yet, and that there's enough strategies to calm him down and stuff. Um, and we don't, we only have one small bag to bring of his. Right. But that's already hard enough. (laughs) (laughs) So I was going to ask you, um, you know, I know that you've, you've been to a few of these now that you're, you know, you know, Malcolm's a year, you've been to a few of these kind of like big get togethers with a bunch of other kids, but, have you noticed, I guess, or did you take any, did you take stock of any kind of weird changes or thoughts while you were at the, at the party about mm-hmm. like now what, what get togethers are like with kids? Um, well, yeah. Cause there's always, well, for the most part when Malcolm was awake we both had to at least be on duty right right because right now he's he could walk with a walker and crawl pretty fast so he can get into a lot of different things and also like he can cruise but his balance isn't good enough where he could just consistently fall on his butt and not you know fall flush on his head on tile so yeah that one thing was we're either one of us were always on duty mom obviously more than dad um what else there was if other if other people were holding him or taking care of him to me that's that was that's always been fine because it's just like one people are taking over my trust and two it helps i could do something else (laughs) yeah hell yeah um and he's still being so young that he he's kind of playing on his own but then a little bit of interacting with other people so like before a lot of people got there him and andrew had been playing were playing outside in the grass in the water and that water toy that a lot of people were playing with, a lot of the kids were playing with. Yeah. And they were having fun doing that. Malcolm was just, you know, grabbing some toys and dunking in the water and watching what Andrew was doing. And Andrew was a lot more more engaged and doing all the splashing and all that stuff. But it was, I, I was able to capture some pictures of it. And there was like a lot of cute uh, moments when you just saw Malcolm looking at Andrew just to see what he was up to. 
in that in that play or, or with the water toy. Yeah, I mean, I get why water tables are like so engaging for kids. Yeah, but I can't stand them. Yeah, why? Um, just the cleaning. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, we we actually went to uh, Ginny and Alice's cousin's birthday party um, a couple weeks ago. And then they had a water table too. And it's fine. You know, again, kids love it. They mm-hmm. absolutely love it. But um, it was right next to the jump house. Yeah. So, you know, like Jeannie's in the jump house with her socks. And then she's like, okay, I don't want to do the jump house anymore. So I'm going to go to the water table, which is like right there. And of course the grass is wet right by there. So, you know, now her socks are super mm-hmm. wet and muddy mm-hmm. um and it's just like ah it's so annoying but it's fine they're kids whatever they'll get muddy and and wet but yeah you know so she had to roll through the rest of the party just with like <laughs> her um wet feet in with no socks in her uh in her chuck taylor so mm-hmm. you know it was a uh, definitely stinky feet Stinky feet, Ginny, for that rest of that day. Yeah, but she didn't care. Yeah, I mean, I care. She puts those feet on my face. Yep. Um, Yeah, I was watching that water table, somewhat expecting some drama to happen, (laughs) but nothing popped off. But I thought someone was going to get splashed too much, and there was going to be some some other waterworks but from what i watched nothing happened and it's you know the other thing too with you know being a dad and you know you you have to be kind of on duty or you have your have to i have you have to have your eyes somewhere like just keeping an eye out is that you're i never really feel like you're you're in for the whole conversation like you know the mm-hmm. in in like the patio area there was a or on the deck there was um the table and like a lot of the a lot of the homies were just there just you know whatever just shooting the shit or whatever yeah and you just kind of go over there listen for and then kind of engage for maybe a topic or two and then soon you know soon enough you're just pulled off to kind of handle kids you yeah. just got to jump back in later and it's just like Remember the days when there's no kids, you're just hanging out at that table all day and just like beer mm-hmm. after beer or like, yep. yeah, that just doesn't happen anymore. Mm-mm. Yeah. When that was happening, Malcolm was asleep, but we were kind of flying blind because now we're so used to monitoring his sleep through an actual monitor. Yeah. But I had him sleep in a, another room because then I didn't want either him to get interrupted as he was sleeping when Andrew went to sleep. Right. And I didn't want Andrew's sleeping process to be hindered with a crying baby in, <laughs> in the room. So I told them just to keep the, the monitor in, in Andrew's room. Cause then they're going to have to use it within like 45 minutes. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like thinking, I hope he's okay. Cause there's no other way to check unless you keep on going up and checking. 
which then he might just wake up anyway if we keep on opening the door. Yeah. Um, where where was mean, he? Was he in like a little pack and play thing or? He was in pack and play in the master bedroom. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And I did, you know, I did go a few times to check. I I, peeked, I listened to the door and if I heard anything. I mean, he uh, probably cries loud enough that someone would have heard, right? I don't know. That, that the indoors was pretty loud. Okay. Yeah, that's true. It was pretty loud. Yeah. Plus the the door actually did a really good job of holding out holding noise. the noise out. Oh. Um so, yeah. Unless someone was right at the door listening to a wailing child, he wouldn't have been heard. But he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> he was fine. No, even like the you know I mentioned like if people would grab him and you know walk around because obviously we have a lot of friends who, well, all of our friends have almost all of our friends have kids and some of them are done having kids, but so they miss have, carrying around babies. Right. At some point, it clicks in where it goes like you know what? I haven't seen him in a while. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that I trust everyone in the house. And I trust all the kids too in the house because the kids are really good with the babies. Yeah. Um, but still, one of those like, hmm, he's awake, but I haven't heard him. I should go probably go find where he is. <laughs> but you know, I did not necessarily do differently is that I was pretty much I did have quite a number of beers that day they were just spread out but I did have quite a number of beers that day you know you talk about beers and I just Mm -hmm. realized that I don't know if I can do dark beers anymore or I mean I don't know I I guess I really have to be in the mood there was a Mm. I think when I was younger, it was always like the darker, the better. Yeah. For me, like my, my taste or my preference was for darker beers, but I don't know what it is. Maybe I just get too full with dark mm-hmm. beers or. Yeah. Yeah. I totally feel you, man. Cause you know, our intros, we, we say something and kind of throw in the, the dad twist and last episode, I was actually going to say something about loving brown ales, but now just really uh, appreciating the plain old boring Pilsner lager. Yeah, dude. I feel you. I, I mean, I still do love brown ales, but you know, yeah. it was weird. Like I the other day I went to Sprouts, or a couple weeks ago I went to Sprouts, and I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to... Um... I'm going to get this Oaktown Brown, you know, like the mm-hmm. 22 ounce one. I poured like some for me and some for Tess, intending to split the bottle. I probably got through maybe four ounces and I'm like, you know what? Nah. And I just didn't finish it. Yeah. You know, but I ended up buying a six pack of... um. Kolsch style ale from I think Fort Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's hella good. 
It is. I was actually just going to mention it because it has, it kind of has that brown, um, that brown ale kind of maltiness, but it doesn't have the heaviness of a typical brown or red ale. Yeah, I don't. I remember first getting a Colch style ale um, in L.A. at uh, mm-hmm. at Worst Couch the mm-hmm. like the you know the hip sausage yeah. sausage gastro pub place right mm-hmm. so a lot of their beers are like german or belgian or whatever and um i and maybe this was it maybe this was when i started to really like not order dark beers anymore because when i first moved to la and went to worst i was all about like the the darker mm-hmm. um the porters. really dark, darker ales, and you know, yeah. I don't even think they have porters there. Okay. Um, but it, they were like kind of dark ales and heavy and 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 things like that. And you know, one day I was just like, it was summer, and I was like, you know what, I want something light. I'm not into, I'm not really into pilsners much, mm-hmm. but then the Kolsch one was just as light, crisp, and refreshing. I was like, ooh, that sounds good. So I think I got like the Reisdorf, Reisdorf Kolsch. Right. And it was delicious. It was perfect for like my my kind of spicy sausage um, and, and the delicious um, Belgian-style frites. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm all about Kolsch right now, man. Kolsch-style ale. All about it. There is, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know all the names of the German beers, but... There's typically, I typically don't like, when I drink beer, I actually don't like to drink beer as often with food because usually to me, the the bitterness of the alcohol just kind of pops more than the rest of the flavor because hmm. a lot of it's, I think maybe it's just not being paired properly, particularly because like you, I prefer, like browns and reds are my favorite, period. Browns and Reds. Newcastle, Newcastle is like my favorite beer out of like the main, you know, commercial beers. Yes, agree. Um, but then I also like porters and stouts, right? But when I'm drinking that with other food, usually it to me the the flavor of the beer just gets altered. So I just prefer drinking those kinds of beers by themselves. Huh, okay. That makes sense. But there was one time, one of our trips to New York, we were walking around in the the East Village mm-hmm. um, near, I don't know exactly where, but kind of closer to where Pink Teacup used to be, um, like way back when, like 15 years ago. Um, and we went into this restaurant, was essentially like a German deli. And their happy hour was a certain kind of beer, a certain kind of German beer and a pretzel. Like that was a happy hour special. Uh-huh. Sounds good. And dude, it was the best. <laughs> One, I wanted a pretzel. And two, drinking like this tall um, mug of beer. But the thing was when I was drinking it and having the pretzel, I don't. I, I didn't feel like the beer was getting altered by the pretzel, like the flavor of the pretzel. Yeah, 
and so after that i'm like okay i need to drink more um german beers and i think there's there's something about the german beers that i've tasted that i like that have that kind of um they do have that kind of middle color kind of flavor but then still have the lightness where they uh can be paired or drank with a lot of different things um and that's how i kind of feel about that that cold style ale from fort point yeah yeah okay so name your like top five favorite beers hmm traditionally it would be well newcastle and fat tire um and then uh, uh, usually just getting some other kind of browns or reds like honestly like whenever i see it that's yeah. the first thing i want to try yeah i agree um and most of the time i still do you know what yeah. i mean like yeah i yeah. Well, yeah, you know what it is. If it's if it's the one beer I'm going to get, where we're just it's the f- the first beer I've had that week, then yeah, I'll, I'll still probably roll with it. But if it's hot and I've had another, if I, I plan to have more beer and everyone's, it's kind of one of these kind of hangout things that I'm going to probably pull the lighter beer. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, what else is have I? Well, th- I mean, honestly, those are like my my go tos. Um, yeah, I'm and then to just a what... bunch of other mixes of other like. Oh, I like Sam Adams. I used to like Sam Adams a lot. Um, I'm not a big Sam Adams guy. No. Uh. So I think uh, for me, yeah, like if it's. If it's like the stuff that's generally available at like a Safeway or a Lucky or whatever, right? It would probably be um like Boddington's. Mm-hmm. Um or Smithix. Okay. Um, like Newcastle, yes. Mm-hmm. But but I think that used to be my go to until like Smithix became available, then I decided I'd want to, to go with that. Boddington's is always a um, something that I enjoy drinking. Um, if if I want something kind of a little like meatier, mm-hmm. um, but not as like meaty as Guinness or something, right? Yeah. But um, I think my favorite is an English ale called Old Speckled Hen, hmm. which. Um, which was always available at like father's office. Um, and it was mine and Tessa's like favorite beer that we'd get. Mm-hmm. Um, although this last time when we went and took some stuff to go from the video, they didn't have it. Um, which made me sad. No. Um, but yeah, you can, you can get old speckled hen, um, I think at Bevmo and some random liquor stores around. Um, Old speckled Old speckled hen is delicious. Uh, uh, you know what I forgot is um, the Kono 
Kona Brewing Company beers. Oh yeah. And the coconut. Coconut porter. The coconut porter. Um. But there's some of the other ones I, I like too. Hmm. I'm looking at oh, speckle pan right now. It's hella good. I like man. the. Um, I actually like the bottle um, design. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Um, I'm trying to think. It looks more like a hard liquor. Because <laughs> it just has the word old in it. Like No, uh, well, because the old, way old like the, the label of it being like um, pretty simple and there's just like that gold lining the color of it and just i don't know it, it looks like uh if 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 that bottle was blown up to be like a size of a regular vodka bottle i i would i would mistake it for some kind of like yeah some kind of hard liquor <laughs> oh and i know ipas have like bid all the rage over the last yeah. few years but um i think i like sculpin ipa if okay. I if if I order an IPA, yeah, yeah, I'm really I'm not really all that, I'm not really all that big in IPAs. I'll I'll drink them, but I don't know what the big deal is <laughs> in terms of flavor. I mean, I guess some people really like the bitterness and the hoppiness, but yeah, it's, I, eh, I I prefer malty. Yeah, I prefer malty. Yeah, that's why the brown ales are brown ales are nice. Hmm. Red ales, like you mentioned, red ales too. Red ales are good. Red ales are good too. Yeah, there's. I'm not sure. Like the, I forgot the the brands, but whenever I see anything, like depending on whoever, like what microbrew or whatever is on tap, um, and it's a brand or a red, I'll definitely try it. Yep. That's like when you go to like BJ's. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest uh, place to get some food or beer necessarily, mm-hmm. but um, I do like the red there. Mm-hmm. And the thing about reds is like their um, alcohol content is uh, usually on the higher side. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if that's what you if that's what you came to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at a bunch right now. Boon Amber Ale, drank a lot. You know what else is pretty good is Alaskan Summer Ale. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's nice and refreshing. Citrusy. That's seasonal. Yeah. I typically don't like the fall seasonal beers, like Oktoberfest and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't really like those. Yeah, it, it's funny because, you know, we talk about Newcastle and Fat Tire. The last time I had a Fat Tire, I wasn't really all into it. I don't know why. Maybe it was just I had drank other beer that day. But this last, oh, for Malcolm's party, I didn't drink a Newcastle. Oh, you didn't? There were hell of them mm-hmm. there. There were, there were hell of them there. Yeah. I stuck with, um, I should have stuck with just the plan of just drinking all of the Modelos and the Tecates. Yeah, which I drank 
numerous of them. Oh, but... dude, I'm all out Pacifico. If it's a Mexican beer, it's got to be Pacifico. From Have you had Victoria? No. I like that too. Okay, I'll try that. Um, it, yeah. My friends um talked about it like because they, it hadn't sold in the U.S. for a while. So then once it was being sold in the U.S., they're like, "You should try it." Okay. But they don't have that. We were trying to get cans. I do like Negro Modelo too. Mm-hmm. With some yeah. lime, with some lime, and it's like perfect. Yeah. Oh, the the Dos Equis. Um, is it amber? There's, amber or red? There's a, there's a dark one too, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Dos Equis amber I like a lot too. But yeah, you know, like those. What, what I realized is like you know like Budweiser, what is that a lager? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. Those lagers, like internationally, any any like national beer <laughs> is essentially gonna. It's almost gonna all taste the same. Like, so like had, Budweiser, Heineken. Mm-hmm. Well, not he- well. Heineken has its own flavor, but like there's, I tasted like the 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 main beer in Belize, and then when we were in Vietnam, I was drinking like Taiwanese beer and some various Vietnamese beers. And at the end of the day, those like big, the biggest beers in the country, like San Miguel's. They essentially taste like Budweiser. Almost the same, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, that's a good tip. Avoid avoid the main beer. Yeah, I mean it was, it's cool, like to taste it, like when you're there, and it's probably the cheapest one anyway. But right. it's like, um, I could probably get a different beer. But <laughs> now I'd probably appreciate it a lot. Not that I like Budweiser, but just because it's. A lighter beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was making a joke that like when we were having this discussion at the party, like, oh yeah, I don't really like dark beers anymore. Like I, I go for like Pilsners or whatever. And I, and I made a joke that I was like two steps away from like ordering Coors Lights. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you just need a light beer. <laughs> Dude, but you know, I, I will admit that Sometimes you go to like a Chili's and then they take out that frosted mug and pour it mm-hmm. with Coors Light and it's hella refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> well, like maybe the first two sips and after you, you got to deal with drinking yeah. it. But it was kind of like a throwback to like because of my first 40s in college were all like um, Budweiser and Miller or mm-hmm. MGD. <laughs> MGD. That's probably the last time I enjoyed drinking those, all the mainstream beers, like the, the super uber mainstream beers. But yeah, sometimes that light lager is 
all you need. Yeah, especially when you're 21. Or maybe some people who are 20, I don't know. I didn't drink till I was 21, actually. Yeah. Well, I can't say that, but I was buying it when I was 21 because I couldn't buy it, obviously, before <laughs> Uh, okay so that's funny that like we're we've been talking about beers and for the last couple years uh i found it hard to like finish a beer really sometimes like i'll come home from work or yeah this was when i had work and i'll be like oh god i feel like i need a beer and i'll get through like half of it and i'll pour the rest out hmm and um but you know when we had a uh, keg at work no problem when i'm at work drinking a beer, <laughs> but you know i'll i'll drink two um yeah but that's probably because like you're in the mindset of being at work and like oh god i can drink yeah with my coworkers and have like a mini happy hour at like, work at work and then you can go back and you know finish up for the rest of the day or whatever but when I get home and I'm like, I feel like I need a beer. And then I would drink half and yeah, not really finish it. Yeah. I don't have that problem. I can finish my beers. I've, I've been finishing my Kolsch style ales though. Yeah. When I've been drinking it at home. I did have, I did decide to pour out like half of a can of beer at the party just because I was like, I want to drink more beer and I don't want to waste the space in my stomach and stuff on this beer because it ended up being a lot more bitter than I expected. That's fair. Which one was it? It was the mango wheat from um, Anger Steam. If it was my first beer, I would have definitely finished it, but being that it was my 5 p.m. beer rather than my 12 p.m. beer. Yeah, I feel you. I decided to, you know, use up the rest of my beer capacity on, I think it was a, actually, I don't even remember what it was. Probably a Modelo. <laughs> yeah, tune in next time when we talk about whiskey and <laughs> we become like like a, a manly dad, dad podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the main way because through the whiskey um i want to shout out to tess because she when we went shopping on monday she decided she wanted to um make some like whiskey sours mm-hmm. we used to we used to do that a lot when we were uh like when we were not kid free uh this mm-hmm. is like pre-kids right were like oh she'd come home with some cocktail recipe hmm. and then we'd just like try it right like and then uh we'd we'd have like a couple like maybe a bourbon at home or like a mostly a bourbon or a, a rye whiskey or something and then we'd make cocktails with that or sometimes we had rum because i think we went through like a dark and stormy phase <laughs> you know we were just like yeah, yeah. dude ginger beer lime juice and um and rum hell yeah mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then we just go home and like 
make after work and mix up a couple of cocktails and then have maybe two and then that was that was good for the the rest of the night mm-hmm. and then uh yeah and then we would i think one year for my birthday Tess bought me like a kind of like a cocktail uh cocktail set so it came with like a shaker that looks like a penguin and then you know like the the tools like the long spoon and like a muddler and it was basically a uh old-fashioned kit because it came with some whistle pig uh rye whiskey which is really good Mm -hmm. um some bitters and then an orange and then yeah we went through a phase of we'd come home and uh make old fashions and try different different recipes and yeah and then we'd uh so she kind of dug up an old like fresh whiskey sour uh, res- recipe where you know we'd make our own simple syrup um, instead of you know buying our own sour mix or whatever yeah. mix up our own simple syrup made our own like uh, um, sour mix and then it was good so hmm. so we've got hmm. like some we've got some like just some bullet bullet rye Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I think we're gonna mm-hmm. go to like one of the fancier stores in downtown San Francisco and look for like a uh, a fancy or not necessarily fancy, but maybe like a independent mm-hmm. independent bottler. You should try this this rye that I'm drinking because I, I I honestly haven't I, I've never really been into rye too much. Whenever I drink whiskey, it's usually the 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 smoother kind of more palatable whiskey um but this rye is pretty good who makes it will it all right all right well that concludes the alcohol portion i think well you know i have one more thing about alcohol oh yeah something something else that happened at the party was um people were talking about wine and then kind of people were just joking around our buddies were joking around about like uh, some of them went wine tasting and some people were talking like the people pouring the wines at the winery were explaining like this was uh, like 2014 and blah 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 was there and there's hints of this and hints of that and at some point after the third or fourth round she just stopped explaining stuff because she knew <laughs> some of our friends and their their friends that they went with weren't listening <laughs> And you know it totally makes sense, right? But yeah. now that Hung and I drink more wine, and not that we're like wine scholars or anything like that, but we did take a um, a really just chill kind of like real intro to wine tasting at one of these uh, wine shops in Oakland that we used to hang out with, hang out a lot before she got pregnant. Uh huh. Um, just because it was a really chill vibe, it's it was on our way, one of our ways home when we walked home. Oh, nice. Um, so now we, got to, I kind of get what they're saying <laughs> when they're saying like, you know, it was a late harvest, or it was a, a really, it was a really dry year, or it was a really rainy year. Like now, I understand what they mean. Interesting. But I was sitting there going, just like quietly going, like, but. 
but I'm not going to say anything because I'm going to sound like that <laughs> we be white guy, which we don't really know. I mean, it's it still comes down to do we like it or not? <laughs> right. Does it taste good or not? That's that's how we determine our wine selections. But I get the terminology now. Um, but I, I didn't feel like uh, announcing it there. <laughs> You're that guy now. Yeah, I, I could have been that guy. Yeah, I just wanted to slide that in before we ended our alcohol segment. Right on. about some of the things that uh, maybe we've been watching or yeah. consuming lately yeah. um, anything of note over the past couple weeks yeah uh, San Jose Mercury or sorry the, the Mercury News not the San Jose Mercury anymore they released their own like serialized investigative podcast in the in the vein of serial really and it's called Hanging. So it's a cold case where this kid in the late 90s or late 80s, a nine-year-old was found hanging in his barn in like super rural Santa Clara County. And so each episode was essentially like looking into the case and the claims by the different, like the parents and all that stuff and other people like social workers and judges and whoever. So I listened to the first episode and I wasn't really feeling it too much, but then I decided to like keep on listening to it. There's only six episodes and in general, it's, it was a fun listen just because those investigative story telling opportunities are always really interesting because even like Dateline NBC and stuff like that can get interesting. Right. Um, and doing it in the serialized podcast form because it was pretty much cut and edited and music wise and all that stuff is pretty much they wanted to capture serial. It was like a template, like the serial template. Yeah without without um male kemp at the beginning <laughs> um and then you know what's her name what's her the the host of zero doing that sarah Koenig. yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know you know like her all her little yeah. things like that yeah um but my only problem was with it was just it because i understand doing the investigation through a podcast form because a cold case was open, but it didn't seem like there was enough to really change the the ruling of the case, right? Unlike serial, where it was there was yeah. definitely like reasonable doubt and all that, right? Yeah, right. I mean, there's definitely questions about things that happen, but. For me, I just felt really bad at some point listening to like 
some of the people like the mom like some of the moms involved some of the dads involved because an old one dad some one mom one stepmom you know like yeah yeah like them having to relive such a traumatic event that happened 25 years ago at the end at the end that's all that happened was forcing people to talk about something horrible and oh i can see that yeah I can for see no that. for no reason you know what i mean yeah and again like i don't think the journalist is trying to exploit anyone and everyone that ends up being broadcast on a podcast is gonna do so with consent um but anyway that's that was what was consuming some of my time this week and then the other thing that I have done over the past two weeks is watch some movies and I'll label them pretty bad movies. <laughs> I saw a few bad ones too, so we can talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, you, you mentioned X-Men Apocalypse already as being like a horrible movie and I, I, I had the code and I am committed to the franchise, even though how terrible some of them, the movies are. Um. And I watched it, and it was pretty laughably bad, although it didn't have to be. Yeah, none of these have to be bad. Yeah. They it's just like, are. It was, it was a two-hour, 24-minute movie that if they just cut 45 minutes or went with the old standard of a 90-minute movie, I think it wouldn't have been great, but it's would have been much better i honestly don't remember i remember watching it yeah and i was like oh dude this is bad like what what is even going on and then yeah that's what i ask now like what happened in that movie (laughs) you know what but one of the things i i think one of the worst things for me if you if you remember back to the movie um the Xavier school got demolished, right? Yes. And then Alex Summers, aka Havoc, ended up dying in the in the rubble, in the destruction, right? And so it goes from that whole scene and Scott Summers, Cyclops, realizing like, where's my brother? And there's a, like a t- two to five second sad reveal where he's kind of realizing what happened to his brother and then it quick cut to the reintroduction of Quicksilver but they did it essentially like with this really cheesy I think it was a Wham song but this is literally like a five second cut right after Scott realized his brother died I think I remember that and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I like the, the the Quicksilver character. I thought the Days of Future Past was a really good X Men movie. That costume was terrible, though. Yeah, all the I think all the X Men. I, I think part of it is like most of the X Men characters or costumes have been horrible. Yeah. Um. But. I like the character and how you know they how they use 
in that one scene in particular in Days of Future Past when the him moving all the bullets and stuff like that, in right? The, in that little kitchen scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they obviously wanted to recreate it for this scene, but make it bigger. But I'm like, what kind of tone shift is that? <laughs> That's a pretty big tone shift, yeah. I mean, speaking of HBO, I watched um, Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. That, that Mel Gibson movie with Andrew Garfield about the yeah. conscientious objector volunteers to oh, enlists for the Marines. I think mm. it's Marines. World War Two, but as a medic, he doesn't carry a gun. You know, the reviews were saying it's the uh, the best the best World War Two films since Saving Private Ryan. Okay. No, no, <laughs> no, nah, man. It's like it's. I wanted to tweet this, but it was kind of like cheesy. But it's it's really hacky. Like Mel Gibson directed it, and it's hacky. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like there were scenes in there and granted this is all based on true story. So shouts to that dude and to this story. Cause, but it just seemed like it was kind of like Oscar bait mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, Hey, let's get Andrew Garfield a nomination. Let's get, you know, best director, best picture, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hacky. It felt bloated. Like there were, there were scenes I didn't care about, about his backstory. Um, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't really that into it. And it's, it's predictable, right? Like, yeah. um, like Vince Vaughn's like a drill sergeant, which is weird. Yeah. That was weird, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of brings me back to um, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah. You know, when... Um, I forgot his name, but Matthew Modine's character had a private, peace sign on his private Joker. Yeah, um, and that whole scene with the the general, like, yeah, you know, like the whole that whole thing. It's kind of like they pulled that character and put dropped them into the into World War Two. Yeah, <laughs> and and went full deep into the commitment of the peace, right, or the pacifist. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It, I wanted, and it was weird because like this should re- be right up my alley. I love fucking war movies, man. Right, or War uh, Two too. Yeah, uh, right up my alley. But I don't know. There was just something about it. Like, you know they they tried to make the action scenes as. Like it was shot well, it was fine. Um, they, I think they wanted to give you that visceral effect that Saving Private Ryan did, but no way, mm-hmm. nowhere near it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's because with with Saving Private Ryan, you're like dropped in right away, so there's you couldn't avoid it. Here they were leading up to it, right? Like they were setting up how like I'm not going to use a gun, and then so you know like. And they've set up like, oh, yeah, we can't really take this ridge, you know, or we, we took it, but then they, you know, we got to retreat, you know, so like everything was set up so that when you got, when you got to see kind of like that final battle, like, I don't know, it just, 
it didn't hit me. And all I kept thinking about was like, this is not the best film since Saving Private Because <laughs> Fury is probably the best World War II film since Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I also saw another Andrew Garfield film. I It was the 99 cent rental on iTunes. It was um, Silence, mm-hmm. that Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had to... Fell asleep <laughs> a couple couple times. Had to rewatch. Um, there's something about the accents. What is it about silence? So it's about um, these two, or no, it's about Jesuit priests going to Japan and trying to, mm-hmm. um, you know, do a mission, mm-hmm. basically. But then Christians were being. Uh, persecuted in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just kind of about Andrew Garfield trying to find his like mentor uh, who's Liam Neeson. Uh. Um, yeah, it's it's rough. It's also <laughs> like I'm also in the place in my life where when when people are trying to push like a religion onto you, right. I'm just like, nah, bro. Like, Get that shit out of here. Mm-hmm. And this this is what this is basically what the Catholic Church did, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's just try to um go to all these countries and and do that sort of shit. Yeah. So, you know, there were there were times where, you know, I was just like, yo man, get out of here. Like I was <laughs> I was kind of rooting for like the, the Japanese inquisitors. Right. Like, yo, like get, you couldn't like get the fuck out of here, bro. Like yeah. we don't want yeah. you. But then, you know, the story was that there were Christians there that really wanted priests. And, um, you know, it's about how devout you are and how much you love. And it's like, is your life worth your faith type stuff? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't watch again. It's not um, nowhere near the top of my favorite uh, Martin Scorsese movies. There's like Adam Driver's in it, and he had an accent, and then, and it's just weird seeing Adam Driver. You know, I mean, having seen him on Girls, and then like he's in, he's Kylo Ren in Star Wars, Ugh. and then and then just everything else is just like this is weird, man. <laughs> like, right. You know, all the, all the images that I see is like him banging Lena Dunham, like in some <laughs> in girl scenes, and it's just like, bro, you're in a Star Wars movie now. <laughs> Like, uh, <laughs> it's weird. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that is it. Um, I did also rent. I I red boxed um, Alien Covenant. Okay. People say it's a bad movie, and mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah, it probably is. But I I went in with kind of low expectations, and I was fairly entertained. I don't know. It was it was interesting enough to it was worth. It was worth the. It was worth it for me. Yeah, I want to watch um, Alien Covenant. The it was weird because watching Alien Covenant, and I was like, "Who is this woman? Who is this actress?" And then is it the same girl? Is the same woman from um, Prometheus? No. Okay. No. Um. 
So the woman is, I think, Catherine Waterston or something, right? Okay. And just a couple nights earlier, I was watching Fantastic Beasts and Where to mm-hmm. Find Them, that, that Harry Potter spinoff movie. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, who's this girl? Why does she look familiar? Who's this woman? Who's this actress? Turns out they're the same one. But it wasn't until I had to like IMDB her while I was watching Alien Covenant to figure out that they're both the same actress. Um, that short hair makes a huge difference. Mm. And uh, she is the daughter of Sam Waterston from Law and Order. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Once I read that that fact, I was like, holy shit. All I see is uh, the dad now. I, uh, <laughs> I don't really know ticks, but I mean, you know, like wh- when you get this deep into the franchise, yeah. Um, unless they're telling a completely different story, like you, you kind of like just go in for what you want. You know, you go into the movie expecting what you want and getting what you want. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been uh, playing some video games recently. Yeah. Yeah, there was um. The PS Plus had like a sale on Need for Speed, uh-huh. and uh, I hadn't played that in years, and it was cheap enough. And I was like, "Oh, that seems kind of like it would be kind of fun." Yeah. It is pretty fun, actually. It's oh. like open world driving, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah, instead of just like straight up just racing. Yeah, instead of like being on a course or whatever, you're just like in this town, and then there's like. Hey, go do this race, or go do a time trial, or go avoid cops, or just kind of do whatever. And it's been kind of fun, you know. Like it. Uh, I mean, not that I ever wanted to be like a racer in high school or anything like that, but it definitely has that vibe of like, hey, if you want to kind of relive what maybe your friends would do, right. <laughs> <laughs> um it yeah, it's cool. And then uh I want to give a shout out to uh my buddy Christian Cardona. He works for PlayStation um in in the marketing team and then he hooked it up with a uh redeem code for Everybody's Golf, which <laughs> is this super cartoony community golf game which is mm-hmm. I'm having a ton of fun with right now um yeah it's it's pretty dope uh, like what do you mean by uh community um, uh, golf game? it's like the like you can play online I guess you know you okay. can play multiplayer online um with other people I haven't really done too much online because I'm trying to kind of do like the quote unquote story mode to unlock a cart so I can drive around the cart. But right. it's basically like you can go in and when you go online mode, you're not just playing in a tournament. You're just like roaming around the golf course with other <laughs> people who are online who are also playing. You can play uh you can play around with other people if you'd like and you're competing live against them. Mm-hmm. Um or you can just like drive around and do like mini games and things like that. Mm. So it's pretty fun. It's, I think, uh, like the latest 
installment of like the Hot Shots Golf series from I think PlayStation from before. Yeah, I was about to ask about that when you you mentioned like the cartoony thing. Yeah, it's super cartoony. Um, you know, you can build you build characters and yeah, you know, I built I built my whole family, and that, that <laughs> was fun. That. It was it was it was pretty cool because like, um, I'm. Jeannie's right next to me and I'm like okay Jeannie what do you want to wear and then we're like picking the clothes and we're trying to Tess and I are trying to figure out like okay which hair should we use or you know <laughs> what's the shape of her head and what eyes should we use and what eyebrows should we use once we saw the thick eyebrows we're like oh okay it's gonna be that one yeah um yeah but it was it was it was pretty fun so it was like me on the controls and then Jeannie was there and then Tess and we were just trying to like build our characters um, I'm pretty proud of uh, my own character because it looks kind of like me. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and it's uh, it's been fun because Ginny can actually play. Yeah, I actually made, um, you know, I made to I, I meant to make it for her. Um, so it's like her nickname. It's it's Ginny up there, and then so she can she can kind of run around and do open world stuff and. Not really much, but just like jump around and engage with other, you know, other CPU characters and stuff like that. Right. And then um, uh, she can actually play around if she likes. You can set it so that um, it's much easier uh, for someone who is um, like a super novice at the game to play. So. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty fun. Nice. It sounds like fun. It just got released the other day. Oh. I remember posting um, on Facebook like, "Hey, I'm looking for a golf game because like my my Rory McIlroy EA Sports golf game is hella old." And then they there wasn't really a golf game coming up. Um, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, Christian just kind of hit me up with this one. Nice. Um, shouts to him too because he just had his second kid. Cool. Congrats. Nice. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, uh, have to look into this seriously. All tight. Then maybe we can do a new series of Let's Play. We, we oh, can yeah, do yeah, like yeah. a pop culture podcast Let's Play, and then we could just like play against each other or do some stuff yeah that'd be that'd be pretty fun cool um oh well that's pretty much all i've all i've been doing last couple of weeks it's uh it's opened up quite a bit since thrones all all my uh like thrones consumption is now nil yeah you know no more podcasts to listen to no more articles to read or you know meme like meme sites to view so there are there are you know tons of fan theory blogs to read that's true but <laughs> i don't know it was it was kind of nice i, I got to admit it was kind of nice to just be like free and clear of it yeah you know cuz that was man that was everywhere yeah. Like it was all over the Facebook feed, all over Twitter. Yeah. 
I, I was yeah. definitely consuming a lot, so it was it was nice to be free of it, so I could do other stuff. Yeah. So you want to move into dad moments? Yeah. So I think it's cool that. So today, um, I had some stuff that I needed, like errands to run, right? Like, um, I've got like a, I'm shooting a wedding this weekend. I had to like buy a black shirt. Um, I need to get a haircut. You know, all these like stupid things that I usually just like leave Ginny, leave Ginny at home. Um, um, so that she could be hanging out with grandma while I go do these things. Right. Um, but Ginny's at the age now where like she can come with me to do errands. Like it's not that big of a deal if she goes when she was younger, then it's like, okay, get the stroller out or bring the, you know, the backpack where all her extra diaper, you know, you know what I'm saying? So now that she's fairly independent, she can walk by herself and, you know, I can actually take my eye off her for 20 seconds or so sometimes like while I'm at Uniqlo or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's much easier. So, uh, and we go, went to go get a haircut and then she like sat in an empty chair. Um, and then just kind of waited patiently and I was like, Oh wow, that's cool. Like now she can really come along and sometimes be a helper. And, you know, and just not a burden. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That sounds really bad, but, you know, now that she, you know, sometimes she's just on, like, playing playing a game on the phone, but that's fine, you know, but it's it's nice to know that she can come with me to these things now and I don't have to worry about, like, overstressing grandma out because now she has to watch two kids, you know? Um, You know, so she can just watch Ellis and I'll just take Ginny with me. And I think that's gonna that's gonna be a game changer for me moving forward. Actually, I know she's been like this for probably at least a few months now, where she can just come with me and stuff, right? But um, I think now she enjoys it. Before I'm just bringing her because and I have to like entice her, like, oh yeah, when we're done, we'll go have, get ice cream or something, right? Because before she just really just wanted to stay; she never wanted to leave. But now. She's at an age where she's kind of curious or she just wants to just hang out. Um, so I don't have to bribe her with ice cream or going to the park. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are just like, those are just like bonuses, but um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of a dead moment. It's kind of like nice and kind of liberating in a, in a way. Right. right. Hmm. Thanks. That's cool. Yeah. Sometimes Hung talks about, you know, being kind of that in between of totally being okay with Malcolm not walking yet because then it's a lot easier to keep track of him. But also, it would be nice for him to walk so that he can go ahead and do his own thing, like, you know, within the house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or like other things, like other places where he doesn't just have to be held. Right. Because he he's or otherwise he's just gonna crawl all over whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, That's where Ellis is at right now. Yeah, just crawling all over, dude. Like, 
but I'm okay with him not walking because he'll he'll walk eventually. <laughs> Wait, did you, did you give a did you give a dead one already? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Um, so you you guys shaved Malcolm's head. Is that the first time, or have you done it before? Second time. Oh, second time. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, the first time he was seven months, just right before his seventh month birth or birthday, but seven month um, landmark, I guess. And he, when I cut his hair at that time, he didn't really, he didn't know what the hell was going on, so he was just super chill. And then. This other time, last week when I was when I shaved it, he being aware of things a lot more, and you hear some weird buzzing and yeah, something on your head, and then it vibrates your head. He wasn't having it for a lot of it. He eventually calmed down, but that's why there's like some spots where I'm like, man, I did notice those spots. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I didn't say anything though <laughs> until right now. Well, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it before anyone else did. And I'm like, ah, it's not worth it to get them all yeah. riled up for little pieces like that because it's just going to grow grow out and eventually get lost in the rest of the hair at some point. For sure. You know, it was weird. But like... as a person, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go finish your No, no. I was just going to say, as a person who's cut, I've basically cut my own hair with clippers since freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know how to fade, give myself a fade, and do other things. I uh, was very disappointed in myself with that haircut <laughs> job. <laughs> Not oh, my man. best work. The days of like cutting your own hair and like mm. using using a hand mirror and uh, and like the bathroom mirror to just fade the back by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I learned how to actually. I I just ended up using. Um, I I just ended up fading my hair by feel. Because oh, then man. I tried to I tried the the two mirror method, and to me it was just harder. So. I didn't always. I wasn't always successful, but. Now, well, it's a little easier because I just usually just shave my head and just kind of even it out, but. Um, even when I was doing a fade with the hair on top, um, I felt pretty solid that I could do it. That's pretty so good. That's that's pretty good. I remember doing it too, and I, I I was okay at it. But then you know, there's those times where just like, oh, I messed this up, and then you just gotta like, you gotta do the fade higher and higher and higher, and then yeah. it just gets too high, and you're just like, okay, yeah. well, I guess I'll just I'll do better next time or whatever. Yeah. But there's definitely a period where I was probably in my mid twenties in my bathroom, or like mid twenties or late twenties in my bathroom, like trying to do the two mirror method with plastic bags on the floor. Yeah, and you know, because I had roommates, right? And then I'm trying yeah. to just like cut my hair, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like. Man, all this effort, mm-hmm. it's like, it's probably just worth the 15 bucks I could go and just get this done by someone else. Right. And that was like, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm not going to really cut my hair anymore. 
did it did we already talk about like the we didn't really talk about the parties your other party right no okay i was just gonna ask about that um i know you had uh like a party with maybe your high school friends or whatever and you got like a taco guy how was how did that go it was pretty good man the the weather it was a warm weekend but not like crazy warm crazy hot like we had this past weekend but it was it was nice seeing a whole bunch of people in a context of them being there for my own kid because <laughs> it's not like normal obviously because it's the first birthday yeah um yeah it was nice. it was a nice chill day it was like perfect for the, a picnic kind of birthday and then the taco guy was a hit yeah hopefully. i should you know i should give a shout out to um basically my brother-in-law and his wife uh dennis and michelle uh because they put on a uh, first birthday party at a park, uh, San Jose. Um, and that was pretty dope, too. I know I complained about the water table earlier. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they had a jump house. <laughs> they had, like, um, catered, smoking pig, barbecue. I took home, like, a tray of, like, brisket and hot links and um ribs um and this was over a week ago and i'm still eating the brisket actually i just had some the other night actually mm-hmm. <laughs> um and shouts to them because they put on a really great party they had like a balloon guy come they had like an ice cream vendor come um yeah man uh sorry ellis we're not doing that for your birthday <laughs> You don't have to because other people can do it. I know. I know. Right? Yeah, that's been pretty much the past two weeks with him. I guess like I mean, the simple dad moment that I could share outside of all the birthday stuff is just I, um he's just really fun to watch like dance. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's, you know, recognizing songs and um, developing the desire to move and you know, initially before his dancing was shaking his head a little bit. Nice. And then now now that he's standing and cruising, he'll pretty much just like or if he's on his knees, he'll just start like kind of shifting back and forth. And especially when the songs are the ones that he's familiar with, whether it's like his toys or like some Sesame Street songs. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. He's picking up the stuff hella quick. Right on. So, you know, hopefully he'll uh, appreciate some of the some of our favorite songs that we play pretty regularly for him. <laughs> Which are? Uh, well, his his cool down music is usually some slow jams. Nice, some nice slow jams, and Voice Cement is usually his like topper, like the the I'm really want to go to sleep now, but I'm I'm not ready. But then that's the that'll get him over the edge and then Wait, are you, are you singing them or are you just playing them singing them oh and then i've been doing a lot of a few of the some bon jovi ballads <laughs> um <laughs> All 
right, guys. So I think that's going to do it for episode 11 of the Pop Culture Podcast. Just some quick reminders. Check out our vlog. Add us on YouTube. We haven't updated. There's there's one video that I've been meaning to work on, but I haven't put it up yet. But hopefully that could go up soon. But definitely add us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's at Pop Culture Pod. If you haven't already, please subscribe and please write a short review. Uh, you never know how much it can help. Like maybe this thing gets really big and we get sponsors and we can quit our day jobs <laughs> and, and, and do and be full-time podcasters. Yeah. And we actually just got on what's that other service now? Tune in. Tune in. Yeah. So yeah. So. Many of the major podcast delivery services were on. TuneIn is the, the newest one. So on behalf of John, this is Anton, and we are signing out for episode 11, Pop Culture Podcast. See you next time. <laughs>